Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Red Pill Cartel. I'm your host, Davey Wavy2112. So, tonight, this is just like a, a, a crazy jam-packed episode about Freemasonry and, you know, kind of like, not really debunking, but more so about shedding light on uh, the things that go on in the... Uh, the Masonic Lodges and um, so much information going on. I have a very special guest. His name is Stefano. I don't want to say Stefano. Sorry. Stefano Emilio. I'll link you in the show notes to his uh, Instagram page. Uh, get on it and uh, you know what to do, guys. Smoke a dupe, drink a beer, do what you got to do. Relax, enjoy the show because you're in for a wild ride on this one. This is crazy. Peace. Okay, so I have Stefano Emilio on the show, and he is a Freemason. And how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing great. How are you? Awesome, man. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, man, fucking tell me about... uh, where your spiritual awakening started and how you got involved with the uh, Masonic temple or whatever you want to call it. Enlighten me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for the most part, um, going through my teens and even I'd say early, early twenties, I was probably, I was a self-proclaimed atheist. And a lot of that stemmed from, you know, a Catholic upbringing and kind of rebelling against the hypocrisies of organized religion, and particularly that of the Catholic Church. Right. So you wore you wore that on your sleeve about being an atheist. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. I got into existentialism. Fuck God. Very, very. Uh, yep. Uh, you know, like I was the Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, goth head uh, in 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 my school, and I went to school predominantly. I went to a Catholic school from um, kindergarten all the way up. Actually, except for a brief stint at the Waldorf School, which was an interesting experience. But anyway, so into my early 20s, um, 9-11 happens. And like a lot of people, I bought into the the propaganda. But still, something, a part of me was awakened. I I was always a curious mind, and and I think I thought I was the the shit uh, rebelling against the hypocrisies of religion and whatnot. But then 9-11 happened and I remember getting so angry and then, you know, but still kind of like, you know, and I hate to say this now, but it was true. Like, you know, I I was, I bought into the whole anti-Islam thing and um, I remember, hold on a second, sorry. Glug. I remember just thinking (laughs) like, just like very angry thoughts of, of, of against a particular culture. Okay. Yeah. Yep, and and um, you know, very like, how could they do this? Whatever, like we got to go after them, and um, which is exactly I, what they wanted you to think. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but but I I, I, I never up, sorry I never fully bought into that. Yeah. I was always like, there's like the Muslim people that I know are like fucking cool. Like I don't think they would do this. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, it was never like I I, I knew it wasn't uh, like the everyday. You know. Uh, person yeah. uh, as well because I, I had Muslim friends too. That's that's right. Yeah, but just yeah. the idea of like a community, like for instance in Maple. Okay, I grew up in Woodbridge and Maple and Vaughn, 
there is a, a large, a rather, there was a, a, a rather large and new um, Muslim community uh, that was built around a mosque in Maple. And uh, they were practically even a gated community, I would say. Um, it, 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 many of them ended up coming to my high school. Um, and so I, I, I knew quite a few of them. I knew them to be, to be you know, good, good people, obviously. Um, but, it, but it wasn't about them. It was just about the idea of, you know, radical Islamists and sure. blah, 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 blah. But, just, like but, there's, just like there's radical uh, uh, Christians as well. Absolutely, like, yes. Yeah. yes which, In every religion, uh, there's like the extremists, right? Yeah, because it's just a great way to, to kind of like isolate and control and, and manipulate. But um, so at, at this stage, like I, I kind of still with half a brain started to noticing some inconsistencies and that led me to ask questions, do some searches online. And then I ended up running into and learning about um, Alex Jones. And there was a seminar um, and it was a commercial actually on 640. And I think it was for cloak and dagger, a radio show at the time. And um, <clears throat> that or, or, or the space or spaceman. I don't know if you remember him, Gary Bell. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and I remember like kind of tuning into this and around this time I had also gone into coast to coast. So I wasn't like, I, w- I was definitely like no stranger to conspiracy, um, right, but right. I didn't, it really wasn't until uh, like this kind of like awakening now with watching um, an Alex Jones documentary, uh, 9-11 Road to Tyranny at a, a meeting that was put on by uh, the, the dude from Cloak and Dagger, Lenny Bloom, and that's, that's his radio name. Um, you know, it was kind of like that moment, like, holy shit. And, and, and it changed everything. And I realized how much of my entire um, reality was a facade. And for some sure. reason, yep. that led me into, like, massive consumption of conspiracy culture. Um, and I went down like, you know, like the first, the first site you go to, um, you know, it's like the most infamous uh, anti-Masonic site was Freemasonry Watch. I don't know okay. if you ever went there, but uh, yeah. it had, oh, you got to go there. I don't know if it's still up, but I remember this. So this, this would have been like, a, like, you know, between 2001 now and 2003, right? And, and, and I'm just like, you know, learning all about Freemasonry. And, and of course, I'm you, seeing all these things about Albert Pike. And I'm realizing all the connections of all these famous people that happen to be Freemasons. And, you know, I'm eating it all up. And I'm, you know, oh, my God. Yeah, they worship Lucifer. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I can understand that. And, you know, like, you know, the majority of them are, are the lower the lower degree. So they don't really know what's going on. Like, obviously, the 33rd, 32nd degree is high. But, you know, I really bought into a lot of that. And, and you know what, like. As, as I'm sure we'll talk about later, there is some kind of element of, of, of truth to that, but it's, you know, completely uh, framed in a different way. But anyway, so I remember having this, this you know, this deep, deep kind of like um, disdain and, and hatred for, for the idea of secret societies and whatnot. And um, at some point, though, I started to realize that, you know what, to be a critical thinker, you have to go to source material and you really should get the other side of the story. Sure. So that's what I did. I'm like, you know what? I'm seeing all these Albert Pike quotes. This guy's really being framed rather poorly. And, and it, you know, that in uh, the, the letters with, uh, with Giuseppe Mazz- uh, Mazzini, 
which kind of predict the three world wars and whatnot. Okay. If you remember those, yeah. So then there's that whole thing and being Italian, uh, Italian heritage, um, you know, that was rather intriguing in history, the connections between that. So I, I really was kind of like drawn to Albert Pike and a lot of his work. So I went out and on eBay and I pretty much uh, found as many copies of different publications uh, as I could. And of course, like most, I started with Morals and Dogma. And I ended up getting a, a 1907 edition in fantastic condition. And, and I was... Title of it? Yes, yes. So it's Albert Pike's Morals and Dogmas, um, which was published by the Ancient Accepted Scottish Rite of the Southern Jurisdiction by the Supreme Council of the 33rd Degree, which that would be the proper way of saying it, more or less. Okay. And... So um, <clears throat> sorry, go on. No, go ahead. Uh, keep going. <laughs> so I, <laughs> sorry. Um, I may or may not have consumed cannabis before this phone call. Mm. Um, so All good. what happens this at this point is I voraciously start to tear through this book. Now, one thing anyone must understand, if you're going to start quoting Pike and you're going to start whipping this name out and all these quotes out, you better do your damn homework because... It's, it's a pain in the ass to read Pike in a lot of ways. Um, his writing is all over the place. Um, I love it because I write the exact same way, but it is at times hard to follow. And especially in this book, because Pike points out at the beginning of the book in the introduction that he is both, he considers himself both the author or equally the author, compiler and curator of a whole bunch of different works that he compiles into morals and dogma. And 90% uh, of the time, he does not give any references. He just straight out, like, really copies and pastes. Now, it's not to take away from his work, because, I mean, at the time, he was one of the world's foremost uh, translators of various languages, especially Latin and Hebrew and Greek. And um, he had quite an interesting life. But in reading the book and cross-referencing that with a lot of the quotes that conspiracy culture was referencing, I started to notice that there was a lot of, um, a lot of misinterpretations in terms of context. Like you really have to sit there and read this, this book if you're ever going to comment on Pike because you can't just go in and even try to find the little, the Lucifer quotes. I mean, that's what I did right. at first, right? <clears throat> that's the first assume, thing you do. Sorry to cut you off. I'm going to uh, interject here, but I would assume that, Conspiracy theorists can have a very extremist mindset. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I, I was, would. I'm one of them still, 100%. I would say that they would probably, the, the extremist conspiracy theorists would probably pick and choose quotes from Albert Pike that would, that would uh, surely demonize Freemasonry. Without taking the good things about them. And the, where the issues lie and where, you know, I, I, um, I would step in and I would say that when you do read these quotes and you get a context by reading the paragraph before, the paragraph after, the page before, the chapter, you get, you know, it, it's, it does change quite a lot. However, with that said, just actually reading 
the the quotes the especially the most famous one here i'm going to try to find it here real fast um but what i notice is is like people don't do their work you know what i mean like a lot of the times um and i think this happens a lot with manly p hall um he's got another quote uh in one of his um one of his books in the lost keys of freemasonry actually could you imagine um, if your name was manly I'm manly. <laughs> he was like six foot seven, almost seven feet tall. Like he was a tall guy, just oh, really, really. Shit. He, I don't know Barbarian. if you know much about him, <laughs> but he was murdered. Uh, his and he was uh, quite the interesting character, man. Like, and uh, he was actually from Peterborough, originally born in Peterborough, Ontario. No shit. And yeah, his mother moved him out to California, and he grew up in in, in California. Um, and uh, by the age of 24, Manly P. Hall had written probably one of the most dense, amazing um, uh, works on, on like a collected works on all these different occult themes and spiritual themes called the uh, Secret Teachings of All Ages. And like, I think that came out in like, I don't know, 1943 or something like that. Um, but yeah, Crazy. I mean, I have it. It's, it's fantastic. And it just that's a whole other thing, too. Like, and he's another guy, too, that gets. You know, because he ended up becoming a Freemason as well. And um, it, it, it really, uh, you know, it, it some of his quotes too, like people just, they don't, certain words have have taken different meanings as time has gone on. And, and right. you have to really understand the vernacular um, of the time period, right? And that changes so much. True, like it, very true. It, because even, even with the Bible itself. Uh, oh, absolutely, you know, the Bible. Aims of the books and uh, the names of the prophets and even certain words. Like you got to go back to the Greek if you're going to like figure out certain shit, right? Like even the names of, uh, you know, the father and the son, right? Yeah. Like it's not, Jesus didn't, the, the letter J didn't exist back then. It could have been Jesus. So you get like Yahweh and you get. That's uh, right. Uh, the Yod, it's the Yod, Hebrew uh, character Yod. Yeah, so I went to like the Hebrew roots were and to the true name movement where it was like Yahuwah and Yahushua. Yes, right. Uh, or so Yeshua. Would, Yeshua, yeah. Yeah, but it's all, interpretation. Even, <clears throat> even the, the names of the books, like uh, Genesis is Bereshit, right? But all the all the prophets' right. names end in um, Y A H. That's right. Like, or, or sorry, uh, Y-A-H-U, like Jeremiah's Yeremiah uh, or something like that. And it all connects with the father's name. You know what I mean? Yep. It's pretty crazy. Well, yeah, because anyway. yeah, a lot of times you'll have like Yeshua ben Joseph, right? That would have been Jesus' name. It's crazy. Anyway, go ahead. Keep going. I'm all right. Take. So... Uh... Here we go. 321. So I'm going to read you a quote that is so often misinterpreted. And it's probably one of the most famous ones that is actually real because quite often <clears throat> they're not. Um, especially where the, that one quote where it goes... Um, and I say to you, brethren of, I don't know, the inspector, um, honorary inspector general's degree, I guess it would be the 33rd, 
um, that the true god of Freemasonry is Lucifer, like that whole thing. Like that's just complete bunk. That's not written okay. anywhere and that's not found in anything he's ever written. And it's definitely not in the 33rd degree, even though I'm not a 33rd. Oops, sue me. I have found 33rd uh, degree rituals online that have been leaked in various languages throughout different Scottish Rite versions of it, but more particularly that of uh, the original Pike version. And uh, at no point is that ever said or written or, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, it was just one of those things that is thrown out there. And there's another quote too, that is um, a very, a very racist one. Um, and um, that one there, I, I'm not going to repeat it. It's, it's, um, it's pretty empty, bad. You know. or- well, he basically uses the N word and, and says that, you know, and, you know, I say that I do not consider N uh, people uh, to be like human or, or something like, like white or I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember exactly what it is. All right. And, and then kind of it reiterates the idea of, of, of uh, I would never sit and lodge with, you know, an, uh, an N. Um, and um like that is no nowhere to be found as well. Like I've looked for it and, and I've, I've talked to like, you know, I've read, man, I went to DC and, and um, I read quite a lot of, of, of his, of his stuff there um, at the house of the temple. And um, like, they've got a huge library and they've got a room where all this original uh, manuscripts and everything's there. Like, and, and they even have like different, they've republished a lot of the, um, his, you know, the, cause he, I don't know how much you know about Albert Pike, but he rewrote uh, all the Scottish Rite degrees that were done in the U.S. At, at some point. He was given to them by Albert G. Mackey, and he wasn't even really a 33rd degree. He was only a 32nd degree. Um, and um, he uh, rewrote them and changed them. And, and um, that's actually what the same style that we do here in Canada. So in the U.S., they've actually got two, two different systems of the Scottish Rite. They've got the Northern jurisdiction which is the northeast usa and then you have the southern jurisdiction which is predominantly the rest of the usa um, which follows the albert pike stream um, and in canada we follow that one because pike came to hamilton and helped set up the scottish right uh supreme council here okay. in Ontario. yeah and interesting so yep so all right so here's the quote and uh all right, so I'm, I'm going to read part of the, the, the few like lines before it. Uh, the, apo- the apocalypse is, to those who receive the 19th degree, the apotheosis of that sublime faith which aspires to God alone and despises all the pomps and works of Lucifer. Lucifer, the light bearer, strange and mysterious name to give to the spirit of darkness. Lucifer, the son of the morning, is it he who bears the light and with its splendors intolerable, blinds, feeble, sensual, or selfish souls? Doubt it not. For traditions are full of divine revelations and inspirations, and inspiration is not of the age nor of one creed. Okay. So, already, like, you don't ever hear someone go into or cite the first, like the line just before the main quote, which is where he actually, where he actually says that, uh, 
is he saying that he is uh, like a he's dark dissing entity? Lucifer? He's dissing right, right, Lucifer right. as as like a as a, a dark, like you know entity. Dark. Well, he's he's questioning his validity. He's questioning like he's almost making fun of the idea that people like fear this. You know, like God is so powerful. Like when you read Pike, man. Like here's the thing: when you read Pike, it's almost like, especially in Morals and Dogma, particularly Morals and Dogma. It's it's like 32, 32 chapters, so thirty two degrees. It's an explanation in ad nauseum of all these ideas and things related to each of the the degrees. Um, now he redoes the first three degrees because traditionally Scottish rite generally starts at the fourth degree in most jurisdictions. Um, they do have their own first, second, and third degree, but it's rarely ever practiced. Um, Louisiana Scottish Rite actually their their uh, valleys um, they do it and you can actually join them um, and go do your first degree in the Scottish Rite which for the most part in North America is unheard of in Europe it happens all the time but Europe is like the wild west of Freemasonry <clears throat> but yeah going back to this it's like yeah he automatically says like you know uh, all the pomps and works of Lucifer faith which aspires to God alone and despises all the pomps and works of Lucifer. Lucifer, the light bearer, strange and mysterious name to give to the spirit of darkness, right? Lucifer, the son of the morning. Is it he who bears the light? It's like he's questioning, like, is it light? Is it real light? But we know what is Lucifer? What is Venus in a sense? It is known as, as, as a heralder, right? Like Mercury. It is announcing the rising of the sun, which would be considered the light, right? It is not the real light. It's not the sun. And this is, of course, you know, we can go into now sun worship stuff, but um, yeah, this all ties into astro theology, correct? Exactly, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and that's kind of what he's 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 you know, and then he he from there he kind of he goes into is it he who bears the light and with its splendors intolerable, splendors intolerable, blinds feeble, sensual or selfish souls, doubt it not. So I want to <clears throat> I want to know what, why, and how did this quote get used so often and, and people would just skim it and read it and kind of like feel like somehow he's justifying any type of respect or 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 worship of lucifer like okay pike is pike is a hardcore protestant that's what i if, if you read him it's like especially morals and dogma it it, it becomes like an ad nauseum kind of like oh my god like yes 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 you are the most christian dude Ever who also <laughs> happens to be an expert in Egyptian uh, culture and, and and hieroglyphics and you know like Hebrew and Greek and like yeah man but like you know what he had his chops man he had the chops he was a lawyer he was a school teacher <laughs> like people think he was from the south but he wasn't man he was from Boston he was from Boston and and he was traveling and doing he was like a traveling teacher from town to town at one point. And at some point he tried to attend, uh, before he started traveling, he tried to attend um, Harvard and he had enough for one to pay for one semester, but you weren't allowed to, you had to pay for the full year at the time. And so he got rejected. And then years later, when he became famous with the Freemasonry and whatever, um, Harvard came and uh, they basically offered him an honorary PhD and, and all this shit. And he basically turned them down. <laughs> He oh, pulled okay. a, Dave Ch a, a Dave Chappelle, right? He right, was right. Yeah. Like, just like, sorry, no thanks. You weren't there for me when I needed you, and now I definitely don't. I know, I know, I definitely yeah, don't need I, you. Why would I associate with you? Like, fuck you. Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know there's he um of course is also infamous for being a southern general, right? So like I said, he's from Boston, ends up traveling, ends up in Arkansas. Um <clears throat> he gets married um to a woman whose family owns slaves. He marries her to get her out of that situation and they move eventually to Washington. And Pike often, if you read a lot of his letters, and I wish I had them on me, but um, he talks about um, the plight of a lot of different cultures and especially that of the natives. In fact, when he was a brigadier general for the South, his entire brigade were Native Americans and they only were stationed and he only fought and, and mobilized within their territory until he was ordered to move out and spread out and use his troops to, um, to back up. I think, I can't remember which battle it was now, but um, eventually he basically said no. And then he was basically court-martialed by, by the Southern, you know, by, by his own, by the Southern army. Cause he knew what that, he knew his orders were like, not, they were they not were legit. Yeah, yeah, they were wrong. wrong. And he was only interested in protecting the <clears throat> natives. And he ended up being their lawyer when they went against the federal government, right? There was major lawsuits and, and during the, the great migrations. Like he so was so much. Yeah, man. Like, and, and that's the thing, like, you know, and I started learning about this stuff like 20 or almost, like, almost 20 years ago, you know, and it's like, it's blowing me away and, and I'm starting to kind of like understand. And I, I, I get into Manly P. Hall and then I get into another author who's so often overlooked. And in, in my opinion, he's actually my favorite. And in my opinion, he's the most practically spiritual uh, Masonic author. And his name is Walter Leslie Wilmhurst. And he's got a book called The Meaning never- of Masonry. Yes, Walter Leslie Wilmhurst. W.L. Wilmhurst. He's got Leslie a book Wilmer? called The Meaning of Masonry. Wilm. <laughs> w not Vil no he's he's English. <laughs> okay okay uh, yeah, not Vilmus <laughs> not nine um, <laughs> right and and wow man like geez it's funny because I got his book still when I was not necessarily pro masonry but I ended up meeting this girl and um, I was at her house um, and um, or apartment or whatever. And I remember seeing that book in her shelf and, and I, I asked her if I could, if I could look at it. She's like, yeah, it's my dad's. I don't know why it's here. Right. And, and so she ended up giving it to me. Right. And I remember like starting to read it and I couldn't get past the first two pages because it was just so like, and I, you know, I, I grew she, up. She was giving you a hand job, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry. I cracked jokes like that. <laughs> that's cool. No, no, that's cool. That's cool. I can't get um, the first two pages. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it but it just it was just so intense and so like there was just so much to think about and is it the and, way that it was written or is it just like yeah the the, the concepts and the way that it was written it's just so beautiful <laughs> it's the most Pike is not a beautiful writer Manly P Hall is a, a better writer but Wilmhurst is like oh my god total it's prose. It's and it's just it's just it's written in in uh it's just such a beautiful English that's cool. not too difficult but it's just it's still it's a lot of information dense like packed like very very like packed very very tight and very very uh, metaphorical 
And um, and that's the one thing about Wilmhurst is he just added such an intense psycho spiritual element, like a psychological, almost like a um, a Jungian uh, a Jungian Christian Protestant perspective, if I if I could say, um, very, looking very deep. Yes, but deep into the conscious and the connection between well, what Freemasonry is really trying to do, and he goes to really try to emphasize the idea. Um, that Freemasonry really, really is about the absolute acknowledgement and um, and connection to the divine spark within, and it's it's very quantum physics, quantum mechanically related. Like the second degree, especially, um, there's a lot of stuff that if you read between the lines, and it's not that difficult to do so, um, you really see like you know, there's a, such a connection between all things and, you know, matter and, 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 and organic material. And, 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 um, and that's something that Wilmer's kind of picks out of Freemasonry and how Freemasonry reinforces these things. And you have to look kind of beneath the, the, the surface level moral teachings and, and symbolism, because as it's, you know, all well and good, like, you know, if, if anyone were to pick up a Masonic book, um, masonic ritual book that isn't coded or you know find them online um you would read it and and other than a few things like you know the typical blindfolding like the the the, some of the the more um visceral uh visuals of a noose around the candidate's neck type thing and and reenactment of death whatever um like it's I can see how that may look at, you know, they'd be somewhat shocking, but I mean, come on, look at the stuff that we watch on TV. Like this stuff might've been shocking like 150 years ago. And right. even then, I mean, you know, like this is, it, it's, it's a whole system of, of, of ceremonies and degrees that underline, although use a lot of old Testament stories and characters, it's still structured as a Christ-like story with sure. a Christ-like character, you know, which we, uh, we use uh, Hiram Abiff and how, you know, he, in a sense, sacrifices himself to protect um, certain secrets and the idea of, of having um, honor in, 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 in your word. And, and, you know, then, of course, it gets into the, the, the virtues of secrecy and how secrecy can be a virtue and not necessarily a nefarious thing. And that's okay. very much extracted and talked about in in um the scottish right degree secret master i would argue that um the secrecy element of the freemasons is to um you know if you're like a christian and you were doing good works you don't want to go around and um brag about what it is that you're doing you know what i mean because no. If you do that, it just kind of counters the whole spiritual aspect of it, like the humility aspect. You know what I mean? You got to be humble about what you're doing. You don't, you don't go around and say, "Oh, I just gave like fifty bucks to a homeless guy just for a clout." You know what I mean? Absolutely. No. Let your good works be in secret so that only God can see what what it is that you do. You sure you're not a Freemason? I, I might think like one. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly do. And, and I, you just pretty much summed up like secret master degree. <laughs> so, That's uh, crazy. yeah, uh, ultimately, like, 
and you know it, it, they boil down to a lot of these these um rudimentary but still in a often complex um morals and virtues and 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 aspects of natural law as well right it's it's ripe with natural law but yeah secrecy has 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 a, a, an importance throughout history it has an importance in everyday lives there are certain things that should be done humbly but there's also a times where secrets must be kept and 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 sometimes they're kept even as just a symbol of 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 respect and trust literally just the, the, the secret itself can be absolutely meaningless you right. know, we may add add simple little meanings to them, like in Freemasonry, for example. Um, our quote unquote what what we protect as secrets, uh, for the most part, are just the modes of recognition. So handshakes, passwords, and certain grips or tokens, as we call them. Right. And for the most part, these are meaningless things. Um, there are certain signs we do which may have more meaning to the ritual and <clears throat> and and some of the the themes, but but ultimately. The secrets are not the real important stuff. Like the real, real important thing um, about the secrecy is, isn't what you're keeping secret so much as the idea of can you keep secrets and can you be trusted? And that goes into yeah. trustworthy. Exactly. Right. Can yeah. you be entrusted with something that no matter how you are, and this can go this can even be extrapolated to, 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 to patriotism and in, in, in what we're going through now. Right. When, in, and and being a uh, a truth seeker and 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 having to at times even let's just say if you're working at a certain job sometimes you got to stay quiet with with some of your beliefs or you will be ostracized you will be you will be fired even like you know think of all the people who uh, over the last several years lost their jobs or was ostracized just for being a Trump supporter and not even <laughs> right. necessarily even even you know being a loud Trump supporter but somehow something they posted or something they said might have outed them to some degree and all of a sudden that's it. Like, you know, like as, as if that's a, a good thing, you know, it, it's ridiculous, but so, that, that often is, is, um, you know, a, a consequence of, of, of certain things, you know, having to be secret at a certain time. So, I mean, you can, it does have its uses. Right now with the whole information age, happening you know for a yeah. long time now what <laughs> yeah exactly that's what i'm saying like do you find it ironic how that the freemasons use all these like secret hand gestures and all that shit yeah they're and that's why they're meaningless it, yeah it's like meaningless now because we see it on a day-to-day -day basis right yeah absolutely yeah. Like, and we, we could, do them in pictures like you'll the see pictures of all that shit a like, lot of those are not all, some of them are some of them I've, I've seen them and it's like it's pretty convincing a lot of them are just very lazy handshakes and there's a difference and i could i could i mean i actually technically i cannot show you <laughs> or or kind right. of but but i can to some degree um well just, you did tell they, me that the handshakes and the passwords are uh anything else but that is fair game right generally yes yes mm -hmm. yes so i could even read you ritual like straight out of our ritual book technically and you know and what is can be found of, anyway sorry what is the point of rituals is it hacking the matrix it's hacking your own matrix okay. in a sense right um what ritual is like self-hypnosis it is like a group thing ritual is showing up to your favorite sports game wearing the jersey singing the chants you know, being being with everyone there, being part of that experience. I don't know, like, if you've had any really, really intense 
religious experiences at a sporting event, but I sure have. Uh, I have I've had them at concerts, right? Tool concerts, yeah, man. Yeah, at concerts, dude. Yeah, Tool was the uh, the only band uh, that nine out of ten times that I've seen them, um, I cried every show at some point. Not because I was sad, not because I was sad. It's just that it's magic. It's you magic. know, you know, Danny Carey, like those guys, man. Like they, it, 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 I don't know how much of it is Danny Carey using his Alex for Crowley first editions. Uh, you know, pulling out some uh, Crowleyan magic and 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 casting a spell it. on the audience. That's right, yeah, with those time signatures. But it's a hypnosis, and it's tapping into certain frequencies, and and it's creating this this experience. And it's like you, I, I you know, uh, it's hard to control it. And often, a uh, really really good ritual does this. Like there are days where I would show up to lodge um, back before COVID, and we got shut down, which we still are shut down and um in ontario anyway in other parts of the world uh you know freemasonry still stands for freedom and liberty unfortunately in ontario it doesn't uh, but that's a whole other thing and i can't really criticize too much <laughs> uh, at least not on a recording uh, but uh <laughs> but yeah a lot of us are not happy right now i'll say that here in ontario yeah. and uh alliances are forming but anyway um so it's a way to tap into something, whether it's done on your own and in Freemasonry generally, because it's done in a fraternity setting and you're doing it for the group. Um, it's if everyone's doing it properly, it is very powerful and it is very moving. Um, and I have been, you know, there's some days where, you know, you're super stressed or there's been a tragedy or something happens. And you really don't want to go to lodge. And if you ha- you're you're you know a member of a good lodge, or whether you're going to the Scottish Rite um, of, to, to one of the valleys for one of their meetings or whatever body of Freemasonry, like there's still something about it that, for whatever reason, how it's structured, how the the, the ritual and like the lectures, like English Freemasonry is what we follow here in Ontario our like our obedience our style of freemasonry here and we follow and use a slightly modified version of what's known as emulation ritual or emulation working and um, it's one of the more predominant ones in england and england they have several but that's one of the most uh, you know the one that's used the most and um that particular ritual is very different than a lot of the american um and east and and continental european uh rituals these rituals are very lecture-based. They're not as theatrical or they're not as participatory. Like uh, an American third degree, an American third degree for the most part um, requires like 20 or 30 guys to do. Whereas it, or any like in an in English emulation degree or, you know, most of the English uh, ritual styles, you know, it takes the standard seven to 10, you know, uh, members. Um it's it's more like it's about the words and the atmosphere rather than um, the, a physicality or a, a very like intense visual. Okay. Um, it's prose based. It's it's more. It's um, now there are some beautiful lectures in in the various American, um, especially Preston Webb ritual, um, Duncan rituals. Mm-hmm pretty different, uh, but that one is also pretty common and still very beautiful. Like they're all similar. Um, in the main structure 
of of the progression of the symbolism and and the meanings it's just spoken differently some degrees are going to certain things a bit more uh, but they all roughly teach you the same thing but okay, that's so another really really cool find, thing yeah, about it sorry about that uh do you no do you, no um <clears throat> are, are the lectures given by one person in okay so in in most u.s rituals and in, in most u.s states which are uh, jurisdictions uh it's generally 90 percent done by the worshipful master of the lodge okay so do you um, find that uh, a lecture is like a sermon by a priest no okay it's not a it's, it's not a sermon by a priest okay um can you you can't even compare it to that or oh you can compare it because they're still trying to um express through allegory and uh parable in a sense um so yeah so yeah yeah i mean for that aspect but but it's it's got a different tone it's not through it's it's not where it's not done by a religious authority Right, and that's, right, right. Right. There's no, and that's the one thing that we really stress is that no one in this room, in this lodge, is a religious authority. We have a chaplain. They take us through the the prayers that we do through you know through the the, the meetings or uh, during uh, the banquet. You know when we eat and stuff. But you know, like there's no there's no um, religious authority. There's no but other do... than the Bible. Yeah, you do have to have a belief in a higher power in order Correct. to get in, right? Okay. Yes, yeah. everywhere, pretty much, except for in uh, in France and the Grand Orient of France is the jurisdiction. Um, <laughs> Here's that, a funny question: Do you yeah, have to have? Can you even say yes? I believe Satan is the higher power. <sighs> You're not the first <laughs> person to ask me that. Uh that's a really great question. And, you know, um, that's really, really, really hard because technically speaking, technically speaking, and we're not supposed to question who your God is, right? We can okay. say, hey, but, you know, I don't know, man. Um, I'll tell you one thing, despite what a lot of people might think, if you were to show up with some kind of, you know, Anton Xander LaVey satanic Bible, but actually you really, that wouldn't work either because, for the most part, uh, that branch of, of Satanism and Hollywood Satanism, as I would call it, is it, yeah, it's like fluffy. It's Satanism. atheistic. Yeah, it is yeah. is atheistic, right? But any true um, belief in Satan as an entity to worship, uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I think guys would have a huge issue with that. Okay, well, as they cool. are pre- predominantly Christians throughout North America and and Europe, and right. uh, you know, Freemasonry is is in a lot of ways very Judeo Christian. In its, um, but a mystical kind of esoteric version of it, with of course so, it's different connections to the Egyptian stuff, and and um, which often of course is labeled as satanic, and then we can go into the whole thing of how, as you bring up Satan, you know how anything that's outside that Judeo-Christian purview is often considered satanic, and to a lot of Christians, even Judaism is satanic, right. Yeah, for sure. Especially with the Talmud, dude. Oh, yes. Yeah, I know. I know. Because, like, there's, I mean, I remember there's a quote in the Talmud saying something about, like, how Jesus is in hell and he's, like, boiling in excrement. Something like that. Have you heard about that? Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, that's fucking wild, dude. I haven't read it myself, so I'm not um, 
I'm not saying that it it's uh it's legitimately in there. I've definitely heard that. I've um, read I've heard a lot of stuff. Fucked up. There you go. Yeah, man. Um so do you know anything about rounders? Rounders? Yeah. As in like uh, card playing? Uh, no, uh, like baseball before it became baseball. And then apparently the Freemasons took rounders and yeah. made the baseball game out of it. And so the baseball diamond yeah. shape is like the... Yes. Uh, the diamond, uh, almost like the square diamond. and compass. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Oh, I, told, I truly believe that baseball is a game created by Masons. That's crazy, dude. Well, yeah, all the, the symbol <laughs> of the numerology all works. It's all, you know... So one of my one of my friends one of my friend oh I love baseball man that's my favorite sport I like old baseball I like I like uh, the dead ball era like Ty Cobb the Golden Age Um, so a friend asked me to ask you this sure what's a thirty third degree Mason done Mm -hmm. or or what have the thirty third degree Masons in plural, mm-hmm. and to lift up humanity as a whole. Um, not necessarily as much as any other person. Right. So, like, I, th- I would assume that there is, the there goal... should be no moral supremacy within Freemasonry, right. and any belief in such would be, in my opinion, um, anti-masonic because the whole and and don't get me wrong once you start to get into the 30s like even the supreme council and dude there's politics everywhere there's pomp there's pump pompous assholes everywhere and i hate to say that about my brethren but there's quite a few and i've been screwed over by a mason my whole family was actually um and so oh yeah man people fall through the cracks it's and that's why uh, you know as you really as when you join and you start to meet like predominantly 95% awesome dudes. You'll find 5% or like maybe questionable or you kind of like, you know, like you can tell they're kind of shooters. And then there'll be like 1% that like, you know, there's that they're, they are, you know, something about them. And, yeah. So um, basically like every fucking group in humanity, yeah. every, every single group, whether it be Muslims, whether it be Christians, Mormons, uh, politicians, uh, whatever, whatever the case, you're going to get the bad apples in every single group, right? Yeah, and the bad apples have a good way or, or an easy way, it seems, to find each other and, and conspire together. And then you have real conspiracies within Freemasonry. But it's not Luciferian. And if people want to worship Lucifer and they want to use Freemasonry as some sort of recruiting grounds, which is what I could see happening, but that has nothing to do with, with Freemasonry and the body of work and the degrees and the self-help, you know, spiritual system that, that it was designed to be. Um, it, it's, it's whatever is, you know, is done within some sort of inner circle is, is not uh, a representation of Freemasonry. And that's what, you know, what really gets, gets emphasized is like, oh, well, the 33rds, they, they know the, 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 the real truth. And it's like, no, man, listen, I'm a 32nd degree Scottish Rite Mason. So you have to say that, you know, because if you're going to mention anything higher than the third degree, then you're generally talking about Scottish Rite or York Rite um, Masonry, which are two different, two different bodies, right? You've got your standard 
what we call here uh, in Canada, more so in, in the English style, is called craft lodge, which is the first three degrees. In the U.S., they call it the blue lodge. And in Europe, for the most part, they call it the symbolic lodge. Okay. Um, which is the true kind of <laughs> original degrees. And as much as it's great to, to, to join these appended bodies, okay, and they're all separate organizations that have all kind of like throughout time and, you know, established themselves as being, you know, officially recognized Masonic bodies. But for the most part, it's, it's the symbolic, the craft or the blue lodge that is, would be considered like standard, proper, traditional Freemasonry. Um, unless of course you want to have a conversation with someone in France and Italy, and then they're going to uh, emphasize the Templar, uh, let the Templars kind of started Freemasonry, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, oh, shit. Okay. But that could be a part thirds, Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but 33rds are no different than a 32nd other than they either did something they either like in the U S Southern jurisdiction, you can make a large donation and um, of money. And I believe it, it does uh, contribute heavily to, um, to getting a 33rd degree, or it could be honorary in that, uh, uh, you know, the sovereign grand commander of, of the uh, either the Northern or the Southern uh, district um, jurisdiction, sorry, could um, give someone that honorary status. But generally, um, in the U.S., it's extremely difficult to get, and it's mostly done from for for people that have like spent a lot of time volunteering their time at certain events. Um, so, like the people, there's different ways of getting it. Um, presidents are often offered it, um, and some of them decline, and some of them take it. Like I believe Truman, I believe, and he was already a 32nd degree, I think, by the time he became president, and then when he became president. He was given the 33rd degree. Um, I'm pretty sure FDR was the same thing as well. Um, but it's really meaningless at the end of the day. Like the degrees, how high up you are. Yeah, that's, it has <laughs> nothing to do. Like I, I've given lectures. I've taught. Like I've at different lodges. Um, I've, you know, um, I've taught occult symbolism and, and esoteric Freemasonry um, to a lot of these guys. Um, and it's, it's, it's not like they have any necessarily any greater awareness of all these topics or they're given any greater, you know, secrets to, you know, they're definitely not given nuclear launch codes. You know what I mean? Like right, it's, right. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's not what people think like power in, in the in Freemasonry is more administrative. It would be like maybe if you're like a grandmaster or or if you're like if, and even that too. Like in North America, for the most part, the Grand Lodge is here. Grandmasters are rotated every two to five years or something like that. You know, like here in Ontario, it's every two years um, as a new Grandmaster. Grandmaster, yeah, they come in, they spend two years, they do what they can, they try to build a legacy, and they move on, right? Like the power, quote unquote of the bureaucracy of the fraternity would be in like the, what we have here, which is known as the board of general purposes. Um, and not to say that, you know, our board of general purposes is corrupt in any way, but that's where you would find some of the old boy networks in a sense operating and, and, and running interference and playing politics. Cause 
like you know, extrapolating this to the elites of 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 the world, you give people a, a little bit of power, and and or especially if if they're empty inside, they're they're gonna people, roll with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like people yeah. join Freemasonry and they become apron chasers, as we call them. They're guys that they try to rise up the ranks because of ego, and they think that they're going to get some grand temporal power. By, <laughs> you know, moving, yeah, well, but but that, that's still a different level because I mean, you know, uh, it's it goes well beyond his Prince Hall Freemasonry uh, membership. I really, you know, maybe he might have been recruited through there. I'm not super familiar with with you know with with that per se, but you know, whether it's him, whether it's Angelina Jolie, like. There's a lot of stuff I'm sure that, that is going on. And I mean, with Angeline, Angeline Jolie herself, there was that secret video that was taken of her. And she talks about certain sadomasochistic uh, rituals that she was a part of. Right. Um, but like, you're not going to find that like in anything that's Masonic, that's legit. Right. It doesn't matter. And the power would be in just the, 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 the corruption of a small percentage of guys that for whatever reason are conspiring together for something, you know, um, it's not as bad here. Of course, there's going to be certain things here and there over time. I'm sure there might've been certain scandals in Ontario or uh, some parts of Canada earlier on, whether it's even stuff related to Sir John and McDonald and who knows um, when Canada really was, you know, not necessarily as, as um, um, developed and whatnot. And, and Freemasonry really was, um, predominantly a Quebec and Ontario um, jurisdiction. Um, like you're going to find things were sure things were covered up guys protected each other here, but it wasn't like it was, it's, it's stamped and go and all these things go, go against what Freemasonry is about. And that's the problem. Right. 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 right that's right. A, the corrupt people get corrupted. <clears throat> and, and like we've had, I've, you know, that's what is displayed in the media. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it goes for everything. Right. But there are people who practice this thing really legitimately. There are people that are very interested in the deep esoteric stuff that have found God. I found God through Freemasonry. You know, like, let's circle back to quote Jen Psaki. Um, let's circle back. Um, <laughs> or we'll circle back to, to you know, with me. And I, I, I went to these books. I went to the source material. I tried to find the bad. I tried to debunk <laughs> it you know, it's legitimacy. And in the end, I fell in love with it. Okay. I fell yeah. in love with it. I fell in love with it. And it is in, when practiced properly, I still, I don't care. Like I, we can go into the bloodline of Cain and all this stuff in the temple legend. And yes, I understand. Like, you know, I'm, I'm you know, like I come from even a Crowleyan background too. And that's not Masonic. You know what I mean? But I'll admit I've looked into Crowley. I've done ritual magic, not because I'm a Freemason, Right, it's because I did it. I did these things. If I wanted to join, a, 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 you know, the OTO or the uh, Holy Order of the Golden Dawn or the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn or whatever, whatever group, I'm doing it as a free. Thinking I'm free anyway now, um, as a free person, that it has nothing to do with my Masonic affiliation, other than the fact that I was curious enough to join Freemasonry. But that was after learning all these things. And funny right. enough, going going back to what you said before, um, with with you know with everything being online and everything, like I I knew most of the handshakes and the passwords and all that stuff before I ever joined, and like, and that was part of the joke of when I was initiated that there was a point, although different because I didn't, but at that time in two thousand eight, I didn't find any legit Canadian 
or English emulation ritual. It was 90% American stuff that I found. So it, it did throw me for a loop when I went through the degrees, um, and which was a, a pleasant surprise, despite the fact that the degrees themselves were for the most part in that lodge, so what would be my mother lodge, which I did leave um, a few years later to join other ones. Um, it was a terrible uh, in terms of its ritual work, but, but ultimately like it, I, I knew a lot of the stuff beforehand and you're prompted at times to say certain things during the ritual. And, and I kind of knew a lot of that ahead of time, which kind of ruined it in a way, I guess, because it's more powerful if you go in not having any idea, but like I'm the yeah, type like, of person where if you're, uh, I can't if do you're, that. Yeah. If you're a Mason, you don't want spoiler alerts, right? No, you really don't. And a lot of guys will read, will pick up certain books like Rolls and Dogma and they'll only read as far as their degree. Now, in Scottish Rite, for the most part, it's totally different than the first three degrees. Like the Scottish Rite degrees are not necessarily conferred on you and you're like the candidate that's being taken around. It's done, Scottish Rite is done in a class situation. So you've got anywhere between 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, whatever guys that are all Master Masons, third degree, that are now kind of petitioned to join a Scottish Rite body. And you start off in the Lodge of Perfection, which is the fourth to the 14th degree. And a lot of the times you're not given all those degrees, like you're shown in a theatrical kind of way, um, you know, maybe four or six or seven of those degrees, whatever is the standard number that has to be done in that particular uh, Scottish right jurisdiction. Um, I believe here in, in, in um, Canada, anyway, it's, it's seven of, of those degrees have to be done. And for the most part, it's the fourth, the fifth, uh, the seventh, the eighth, the 13th for sure, and the 14th where it ends. 13th and 14th are kind of continuation and the fourth and fifth are kind of continuations as well. Um, but like you don't get them all and then, but you are given an oath for each one. So whatever ones you didn't actually witness for or they didn't, yeah, the, the, you're, you're still obligated as we call it. It's an obligation, the oath. It's kind of like given. 33 belts of karate. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. As a yeah, I did Kempo karate actually. Awesome. So yeah. when do you when do you get to slaughter goats and have sex with a virgin? Oh man, I'm still waiting. <laughs> but don't tell my wife. <laughs> Are you married? Would, I am married, yes. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Um okay, so I when I was back in um I don't know if you listen to the show or not, but uh when I was back deep into Bible study and everything, <clears throat> I was still listening to podcasts like 10, 12 years ago, right? But there's this one guy that I've, that I listened to. I'm not going to mention his name, but he is an author. He is a podcaster. And uh, he said he was a Freemason. Mm-hmm. And he said that. Does he have a beard? Uh, he might have at one point. Mm, okay. His name starts with a Z. <laughs> First name. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he was saying that there is it's secret that it's beyond 33, 33 degrees. And you can go higher and higher and higher. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's true? Well, I mean, also, you can join. Okay, sorry, go on. Oh, uh, sorry. Also, two part question. Two part question. Yeah, yeah. When you get way further up, right? There's people who are actually vampires and werewolves. 
I thought it was comedic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny, but he was dead serious. Okay. All right. Interesting. Okay. So, um, in the Egyptian rite, which is known as the Memphis and Mizraim rite, um, which was actually uh, two different orders, the Memphis order and the order of Mizraim, um, those were actually unified by Giuseppe Garibaldi and became very big in, in Italy and in France and Germany. And the Egyptian right um, goes, adopts the first three degrees, various Scottish, European Scottish right degrees, similar, closer to the original version of the Scottish right, known as the uh, Lodge of, um, or the, um, Sorry, the right of perfection. Um, and um, and then it kind of like... How do I explain this? <laughs> oh, man. Did I stump you? Oh, you have no. it, but you got you to gotta articulate it. Yeah. I yeah. Repeat, repeat the two questions again. Because I think okay. I started to, to, to answer, or to, I wanted to combine it and connect them. I'll just go give me again, and then I'll, I'll, I'll be able to. No problem. Is there more than 33 degrees? Yes. yes. Okay. 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 Yeah. Here we go. Sorry. I remember exactly what I was trying to say. I was thinking too hard, and then it, my, I broke my brain. No. So um, so these degrees, basically, this, 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 the, the, this right takes certain sections of the, of the first three degrees, certain Scottish right degrees, and then it adds a whole bunch more. And it goes up to 97 degrees. Now, 95, right. I believe, is the last degree you can obtain uh, that's up until a point where it becomes honorary. And 96 and 97 are administrative honorary degrees. 97, generally, if I'm not mistaken, would be the Grand Master of that order degree. If I'm, if I'm where, not werewolf mistaken. and vampire. No, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. And I might get in trouble for this. But Adrena uh, Crowley. <laughs> oh fuck no. Um, Jesus. You know, it's so funny, like well, not funny, I should say. There's nothing funny about Adrena Crum. Adrena Crum. No. Um, except for how it's portrayed, I guess, in, in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. But you know, when when that kind of broke and the first time I, I legitimized it um, and started to believe in it would have been probably about a year ago. And but before then, it was always there. Like you go back to all these different movies where it's actually kind of talked about. It. It's really really interesting. But anyway, so no, Absolutely. no, no. The ninety seventh degree is an administrative degree. It means nothing. I was in Italy um, back in twenty thirteen, and I would, went to um, different lodges in Rome, and I was invited to different uh, to go and sit in lodges um, that were Memphis Mizraim. I'm not going to say whether I did or not, in case anyone is listening. Uh, but I did hang out with those guys at some point. And one of the uh, brethren that was there, Italian brother, his, he was the grandmaster of the Egyptian right, Memphis Mizraim in Italy. Um, and he actually wanted me to start that right here in Ontario. Um, it's in Quebec already. But they wanted someone to do it in Ontario. And I was given a charter to do it. Unfortunately, I left it there because I told them, listen, 
uh, you know, we'll talk in 10 years or 20 years. If I'm ever grandmaster <laughs> in Ontario, maybe we'll talk because it's considered irregular here. And um, so just me going to visit a lodge and sitting in a lodge like that, I could be brought up on Masonic charges for visiting an irregular lodge. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, regularity is really, really important uh, to a lot of the English and American lodges. In Europe, it's very different. Although they pretend to make it important, it's not. Like in Italy, man, there's so many different like branches or, or obediences is generally the term that's used. So like in North America and in Canada and in the UK, you've got this, uh, this network of grand lodges in Canada, one for every province for the most part, in the US, one for every state. And then you have in England, the United Grand Lodge of England. But one for the entire country and there's a series of, of these grand lodges are all loosely connected or in amity with each other because uh, they all have to follow a certain standard um of of you know of 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 operation and if they deviate too much from that standard um then they the, well they can be like their their amity or their recognition could be removed here's an okay. example of that um, real quick in, in Georgia, there was an issue where a grandmaster came along and he was racist and, 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 and homophobic and, and, uh, and basically just basically started saying that, you know, like we don't want any people of a particular color joining and we don't, we definitely uh, want to kick out or not allow any homosexuals from joining. And this caused a huge problem, right? Cause once again, in Freemasonry, what you do in your bedroom is none of our damn business. All right. So, right. uh, Absolutely. Um, and um, so uh, this major controversy caused the officers. So like the Grand Lodge officers, basically, you know, a lot of them were not down with this and they quit. So they had a dysfunctional Grand Lodge situation. And the United Grand Lodge of England was like, hey, now that's kind of bad. We're going to remove our recognition from you because you're causing too much of a stir. And then California Grand Lodge did the same for, for the most part. And and various other grand lodges decided to, you know, go along with that. And in doing so, it basically, you know, it suspends recognition of uh, any lodge in under that grand lodge. And and some lodges actually petitioned to join other states. So like a lodge in Georgia, you know, decided to like, hey, can we get comp dispensation in a charter? from the Grand Lodge of Arkansas or, 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 or Tennessee or whatever and, and be under, like, just so that they can re remain legal, so to speak, in the Masonic use of the word, right? Like right, a right. recognized official lodge. So ultimately, like, we're not really allowed to associate uh, and, uh, with certain lodges and we can't let them in into our lodges. So um, although we use a lot of the same passwords and stuff, uh, you'll see that in Europe, though, like this is very like there's so many of them where like in Italy, you have the Grand Orient of Italy, which is generally the most famous and the, the oldest for the most part. Uh, and that was spawned out of or chartered through the Grand uh, Orient of France. Um, and then you have in Italy, you've got the traditional Grand Lodge of Italy. You have the diplomatic Grand Lodge of Italy. You've got the... Uh, the regular Grand Lodge of Italy, which was directly chartered out of United Grand Lodge of England. But funny enough, as we are too, in Ontario, we don't recognize the regular Grand Lodge of Italy. The only one that we recognize here as being official that we're allowed to visit or, the, or they can come visit us is the Grand Orient, which does a completely different ritual and was chartered from France 
which is pretty much atheistic now. The only real jurisdiction in Freemasonry. Oh, yeah, France's Grand Orient. Now, in France, they've got the two or three other Grand Lodges as well, right? So the Grand Orient has been excommunicated for the most part, uh, and they've lost a lot of their um, recognition through most of uh, North America and, and lots of Europe. Um, but they still have certain ties. But yeah, they, they, they removed God from the ritual, which is totally unmasonic. Like, they yeah, had a totally very, like the Freemasons represent, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, you do that, then there's no point in being there. You're just a social club that's like, you know, you're practically just a humanist club. And that's what right. they became, realistically. They, they, they disguise <laughs> and use all these architectural symbols and, and, and stuff, and they remove the, the biblical and, 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 and the, the, a lot of the spiritual side and it became a humanist organization, which is also very political. They're a very, very political organization. And for the most part, if you ask me, a lot of the center of corruption, of Masonic corruption, is within the Grand Orient. And in fact, there's a lot of interesting speculation that um, they infiltrated the National Grand Lodge of France, which is what we recognize and what is generally recognized throughout the world. Um, there was a time when the National Grand Lodge of France um, started to behave unmasonically and, and, and started doing certain things. And there were some financial scandals and all this stuff, and they were punished the same way the Grand Lodge of Georgia was. Their recognition got pulled and whatever. Um, but a lot of people believe, and I've read some interesting articles written by um, certain French Masons that claim to have an inner knowledge of what happened and that they believe that it was an attempt of war. Like there's a you know war going on uh, within the English recognized lodges and the more uh, <coughs> uber liberal, uh, atheistic, humanistic type Masonic lodges and secret orders that not a lot of people know about. So I'm not a big fan of the Grand Orient at all, and I don't consider them to be Masonic. But historically, they were one of the the most influential. You know, like. 200 years ago right that's wild um, man so I, yeah. I it sounds to me that the the whole society of the freemasons try to stay on top of keeping sh their shit together and yeah and not not letting the corruption get through you know what i mean but it does often it does and like, and in little ways right because it's people are gonna just like little corruptions too and they're not great but like people try to control the little world they they have a lack of control in the rest of their lives and they become megalomaniacs or they kind of like oh listen i have this like this, anybody this path, exactly this path to like, power like, at this particular know, job band, or, or you know the band fishbone yes yeah that one my favorite album by them give a monkey a brain and he'll swear he's the center of the universe that's yeah. what happens to people, you know, yep. like you give them that little bit of power. It happens where I work. It happens everywhere. You give somebody a tiny little amount of power and they'll just roll with it and think that they're a fucking God among men. Absolutely. That's where the ego kicks in and you gotta, you gotta kill the ego in order to be like, you know what? I'm no greater than, any other human being here you know what i mean I, i'm not greater than god that's for sure is it plato you know? who said i die daily right i the i the the ego i yeah. die daily i have to kill myself every single day kill the ego every single day and remind myself because that's that what I, I think uh, that satan did was he was he was uh like 
you know what, God? I think I'm better than you, so I'm going to try to dethrone you. Yeah, that's what happened. Kind of how the the the, the myths. Yeah, that's another whole other conversation too. I would love to do a whole show just on Lucifer and the character and the idea and how it became Satan. And I mean, because like I I still I still you know I don't know I still fight with the idea um, that we really I don't know. Like, is there really some separate entity that could actually oppose God? I, I don't know. Like, it, it and like, I, if I, God I, creative, I, I, if God created this, I, this idea, this concept, this entity, possibly, you know, of the Lucifer of, uh, you know, like, then is it not maybe done? Wasn't that part of God's plan as some sort of part of the teachings of being human? Is this dichotomy, this paradox, or this, yeah. this this polarity that's necessary for for this ordo ab chao, this as above so below, this this kind of like intertwining toroidal torsion field of of experience that that maybe this life is about? Like, is then ultimately <clears throat> though, and this is you know, and I'm sure a lot of people who are actually believe in Satan and or, or Luciferian in that sense will try to um, to justify the idea that well, then you know. If if that's the case, then Lucifer is is just as necessary as as anything else. Hundred percent. Something to question, right? In a, in a it, I, I think philosophical whole, debate. The whole dichotomy, I believe, is for us as human beings is to uh, learn about all of that, take it, and not choose the side of evil. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's and some very, of us have to maybe choose yeah, a little evil or make those mistakes. Right, but I burned. see it, every day in my life, I see people choosing the wrong side where it's like they would rather burn their other fellow human beings to gain ground on them as opposed to just being like a fellow human being. And I think a lot of that, though, I mean, I agree with you. I see it every day as well at work. and, and um it's it's an unfortunate consequence of the programming of you know whether you want to call it the you know a tavistock thing uh um like it's 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 uh we have been socially engineered to be selfish and they took the pages you know they took stuff straight out of out of the satanic bible the xander and anton xander levey version which was basically a bastardized uh, atheistic version of, of, of what Crowley did or tried to right. do anyway um, and and they kind of like made that virtuous made self selfish or selfishness um, extremely virtuous and but a lot of that too was in, in, in the idea of being atheistic because that type of Hollywood I like to call Hollywood Satanism um, flashy Satanism is, is just atheistic you know they and, and if you read the satanic bible it goes to say that you know like we're actually atheists but we just use lucifer or use satan as a symbol of that opposer and and that rebellion to to the conventions of religion and and judeo-christianity um but you know going to like actual real real satanism and real real evil i think that's a whole other step above and i don't know how much of that is people who start to kind of like go down that slippery slope. Like if we can look at, you know, go back to adrenochrome, go back to some of the elites and what goes on. And I tell you, like, if 
if any of that ever happens in a or has happened in a Masonic lodge, which you know, look at Kathy O'Brien and and other people in the UK, um, you know, there's there's a lot of evidence that there were pedophile rings and stuff run through certain lodges, but that that was never Masonic. That was just the unfortunate sickness of people that um, you know had those uh, had Masonic membership and, and decided to use the exclusivity of the buildings and, and, and of the networking to, to achieve whatever, you know, nefarious uh, thing they were trying to uh, achieve there. Um, sure. But it goes deeper, right? It goes deep to like how much of this is an outer influence. How much of this is just, you know, like tapping into some deeper, darker aspect of the psyche, you know, like uh, I think Jung kind of, really went into like the the shadow right and and that, that the shadow is and and uh, jordan peterson talks about this quite a bit um Love jordan yeah like you really gotta face yourself and sometimes when you face yourself and you face the shadow like the part of you that deep dark part of you like it's pretty scary right yeah and dude sometimes... not a lot of people want to do it no it's dangerous it's very dangerous it is. i wrote a song about it and it never got finished. Fortunately, our producer who uh, wrote the song with me, uh, he passed away. And uh, we have, you know, yeah, access you told me to, about to, that. Yeah. Yeah, to the tracks. And I have got lyrics for it and I've never recorded them. Um, one day I'd love to finish that song because I, I think it would be um, uh, an experience for me to like to kind of exercise a demon, so to speak, you know, because um, it's like probably the most desperate, like deep self-loathing lyrics i've ever written in my life because it's um it's not on an album yet no 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 the song's called window and um it's it's a song it's like a very suicidal song and um i always really like avoided writing stuff like that for various reasons i kind of touch upon a little bit of it on the on the album order up ko um, Sigma kind of touches upon that because Sigma is kind of about a, a like a, a reawakening, kind of even a play off of my experience of being initiated into Freemasonry and what that did for me spiritually. Um, so interesting, man. Yeah, man. Listen to Sigma and, and like uh, I don't know. Uh, it's definitely like and um, even Esoterica. Esoterica is a play on the thirteenth degree in Scottish right and a little bit of the fourteenth degree but more so the 13th degree, which is also mirrors and is done in the Royal Arch degrees, which is the York right side for the most That's part. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So you're, you're a band that you, you started it, right? Android, the yeah. Android meme. The Android meme. Yeah. Back in 2000, well, originally started probably 2005 and it was just me and um, a guy that I've known for 30 plus years. And we, we started doing some home recording and we put together a really rough track and it ended up getting used as bumper music on the radio show, Cloak and Dagger. Oh, no way. Um, That's awesome. 40. Yeah. The song was called Illuminous. And uh, it starts off with uh, George Herbert Walker Bush samples, his, a couple of his New World Order samples. Um, and, um, and then it goes into a song. On that album on Spotify? No, no, this was never, ever we recorded. Uh, uh, I could have played uh, at the end of the show, but... <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was a bad... Dude, it was a very rough song, but they liked it. It was it was not professionally recorded, man. That's okay, um, that's okay. But for, that's kind of how it started. And eventually, like, we actually wrote some songs, recorded an EP, 
self-titled EP. Uh, I'll give you a copy of that. Uh, there is a song that's available from the EP that is actually online. Um, you might even find the other tracks, but like the early, those early tracks were professionally recorded um, by uh, Rob Sanzo, actually. Um, one of Toronto's best engineers, in my opinion. I know, I know that name. Yeah, Rob Sanzo. What, yeah. a, what a guy. So that was our, we did a seven-track, I think seven-track EP, something like that. Uh, there was two songs. One was a radio edit of one of the songs. Um, and, um, fan, and then, dude. I sorry? dig into I'm a huge music fan. Yeah, no, I'll give you um, I'll give you a copy. I have physical copies of, of those left. Awesome, um, of both both of these too. Yeah, no, we should, we should, and um, I'll definitely give you some. And I'll even play some of what we're working on right now. But yeah, so unfortunately, like that was one that one song, but it was a deep, 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 deep song. And um, and sometimes you gotta tap into that, and you do have to to kind of meet yourself at some point. And you know, I have in my life, I've gone through some things, and I've I've reached certain depths that. I never would like to ever go near again. Um, but you learn from it, right? And, and Absolutely. you, you make your mistakes. Yeah, you do. You do. And you have yeah. to, though. And I think those of us who don't have those moments will never grow. And they will be, you know, glued to the stuck in the matrix and taking their blue pill every single day. You know, sometimes you have to have that war with, with, with your consciousness. That cognitive dissonance has to be shaken off. I think that's the most important war that we all fight. Absolutely. Yeah. And now that, that goes into, yes. Sorry, I was going to, sorry to cut you off, but <laughs> no worries. we're getting to that point where I got to wrap it up, you know? So yeah, me too. I got to go to work in the morning. You're definitely going to get back on, you know, you're going to, you have five, five in the morning tomorrow. So yeah, uh, yeah I'll definitely get back on. We'll talk more, more. We'll stuff. answer. I'll answer more questions. Yeah, man, I uh, I go on tangents. I'm, I... <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Like that's that's what it's about, man. Like it's all free flowing, you know. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. It was a good time, man. I didn't even realize. Yeah, that's awesome. I I this show is jam packed with information. I hope everybody takes it in. Hope you guys all... just go go look for yourself. Go look up these that's books. It. Read the books. Redo the homework. You, you know, do people say do the research. Do the research. It's yeah. Do it. Read the app. Go to source material. That's what it's about. Not, source material. Not only that, research yourself and get to yes. know yourself. Yes. Know thyself. Right. Yeah. That's it, man. Because that's what these. That's what this is. And and you know, and it, whether you do it through a deep belief in a Judeo-Christian perspective or you know even a cult. A cult isn't bad. It just means hidden. Right. There's dark occult. There's light that's occult. It. Right. And, and it's all and, the same. And apocalypse. Apocalypse means to reveal. It, that's it, right. It, living in the everybody in their light, their timeline has been living in the apocalypse. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a great Absolutely. way to end it. Absolutely. I think that's a fantastic way to end it. For coming on, man. And my oh, pleasure. Shout out to 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 Brad. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It, you know, I knew, awesome. I knew it was gonna fucking. Oh, yeah, I knew it was going to be awesome, man. Cool, man. Brad's a cool dude, man. Yeah, that guy him. has always been uh, a super cheerful guy. I've always known yeah. him to be, number one, a fantastic musician who was at some point actually going to join the band at one point years ago as a drummer. I, I heard he drummed for you for a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then we met and then we brought in Jake Hamilton and, and uh, it just worked out that uh, and now he's the guy who we're recording with again. 
for the most part, even though it's just myself and uh, and Matthias for the most part now in the band. But uh, oh, well, I'm find a drummer and a bass player. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much for coming on. No man. worries. Thank Cheers, you. Bro. Cheers. Have a good, good night. night. You too. Bye bye. Thank you guys so much again for joining the Red Pill Cartel. You guys are my cartel. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing this. You know what I mean? So. I just hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, I'm definitely going to get Stefano back on because there's so much more to talk about. And I hope this really just like demystifies it for you and like helps you think that they're not all bad. You know what I mean? Every group's got their own uh, bad apples in the bunch. So yeah, man, this guy is just super fucking friendly and a pleasure to talk to. And uh, so he's got a band called The Android Meme. I'll link it to the show notes, but I'm going to end off with a song by The Android Meme. Um, he is the singer, by the way. I think he plays I think he plays guitar as well. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> Sorry, Stefano, if uh, I fucked this up. I definitely know you sing, though. But anyway, um, Order Ab Ko is the album. You can you can find it on Spotify. And I'm gonna add the song. And I'm gonna leave it off with the song called Esoterica. Hope you enjoyed the song. I did. It's fucking amazing. So yeah, tune in next time, guys. Thanks for thanks for listening. <laughs>